Get that, Hanway. I'd be honored, Al. Shh. <sighs> I hope we're not interrupting. Oh, no. Come on in. I was just making coffee. Al's watching Gullible Girls Week on Channel 3. <laughs> Al, we have company. <laughs> it's Steve and Marcy. <laughs> you know, if a maniac broke in this house right now and shot me dead, Al wouldn't even know. I'd know. <laughs> I get a open. No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. All right, guys, we are back live from the Jiggly Room. I am Al, and I am here with the guy who did not ask for more kale, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? What like what kind of person is like waking up and going, let me get some kale? That's that's the first thing I start off my day with. I think rabbits do. Oh. Okay, and with us as always, the guy who can't tell she's wearing a bra... Justin, what is up, bro? What's going on? Uh, speaking of kale, I don't even know where to get kale. <laughs> where, 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 where is is it next to the lettuce? My my fiance is actually vegetarian and eats kale, and she was trying to get me to eat kale chips. I was just like, I thought kale was supposed to be green. Why is this black? Uh, was that before? <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> so, guys, this is the uh, Married with Children podcast. We are going through every single episode. We are in Season 1, Episode 2. This episode is called Thinergy. Marcy gives Peggy a diet book called Thinergy, in which Peggy hopes that it will put some energy into their lives and in the bedroom. So Peggy tries to get Al to join her on the diet, too. But life is not the same in the Bundy household unless Al can get her to quit the diet okay so al starts off the episode he is he's really into a quaint little program called patsy a stewardess in training excuse me mr bosley isn't this demeaning 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 patsy is it demeaning for a woman to serve a man what do you think girls no now everybody let's get started what you watching Patsy, portrait of a stewardess in training. <laughs> Mr. Bosley, and I thought that was a flotation device. <laughs> oh, Al. Why do you watch these things? It's educational, pig. I mean, we all fly, but do any of us really know what these young ladies go through to become stewardesses? <laughs> Ooh. Dresses are awfully short. Would you like me to get one of those? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it is on PBS, apparently, Channel 3. Um, do you guys, do you ever remember Smut being on PBS? No, just Skin, I like, I remember Skinamax. 
but that was never like like until like after what 11 p.m at night or something right i mean it's like what five at night here i mean they're just like whatever (laughs) now do you guys do either one of you are you comfortable watching that kind of stuff in front of your chicks mine's just gonna judge me and wait for me to just just mess up once and be like mm-hmm. and then i'm just gonna get punched in the face just right. as as soon as possible like oh you think she's attractive why legs ass what is it huh hair oh, huh God. And i'm just gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna get destroyed so i just like i'll be watching and just be like she needs to get some respect for herself i just can't <laughs> believe it <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Justin? Uh, currently, I'm single, but in past relationships, I've never really had an issue with, you know, watching whatever I wanted to watch or or anything like that. You know, if if I felt like watching something like that, um, I wouldn't feel too uncomfortable. Right. I love how they call it smut. Did you guys ever refer to porn? I guess it's not real porn. It's not hardcore porn. I was actually going to ask you, like, I, in my head, I thought it was like a Baywatch type thing. You know what I mean? The guys just watched because there's like skimpy bikinis or something. I couldn't tell what he was watching. I don't know if I missed something, but can either of you guys clear that up for me? So if you go back to like um, the 70s, you had a lot of like lighthearted exploitation movies like The Candy Stripers or Dealing with Stewardess where it's not like there was like there was no nudity in it really. But it was borderlining like skimpy clothing and a lot of sexual suggestion, suggestive uh, situations and stuff like that. Like you go back and look at Roger Corman did a bunch of these. Um, they would play in grindhouse theaters. I don't remember them ever being on, on PBS. PBS. <laughs> I remember them being like maybe late night on some of the more like risque channels. But then again, I also don't remember anyone calling them smut, so... I'm surprised PBS was okay with them saying that. Maybe they do broadcast that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, Al is, um, he's sitting there with fake Lay's potato chips. They're called Ida's chips. (laughs) I love that. And it's uh, Gullible Girls Week on Channel 3. So, uh, there's a couple uh, goofs here. Peg was talking to Marcy... And she said that she's been married for 16 years. Now, they just got done saying 15 years. And on episode 6, they celebrate their 16th anniversary. I don't know what happened there, but they were off by a year. Or maybe Peg was just rounding it up. I don't know. Or was she just like, instead of like, instead of saying married for 16 years, doesn't she just say, well, maybe after 16 years, he's lost interest. Like maybe she's referring to the year of them being together before marriage. Right. Okay. Maybe the year had flipped between the episodes. I like how uh, Peggy was like, do you want me to get short dresses like that? And he's just like, why? (laughs) This also has like one of my favorite jokes ever when she's uh, trying to, she's talking to Steve and Marcy as they first come in and Al's just not reacting at all. And then she's like, if a maniac maniac came in and shot me dead, he wouldn't know. And just like, he was getting his inner Han Solo ready. He was just like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. There. Oh God, I just had a handicap hot fry. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, 
They, um, you know, that's taking away from your energy, right? Uh, oh my God. Those are draining. How could I be eating this? Well, obviously I'm not going to be like Steve who does it four times a week because he eats foods that actually promote energy. Well, did anyone else find it odd that Marcy is still clearly on this diet, turns down the cake. So he should clearly be on this diet too. Now you don't think about this right now, but you think about it later because of something that's said at the shoe store, but he goes and starts eating these chips. Like they're nothing when he's like, I don't know if this was like a, uh, a flaw in like, or what it was, but he just starts eating his chips. And I didn't think about it until my second viewing, but I was like, was it, was it like he reverted back to his man thing? Like he also <laughs> yeah. didn't watch sports, but you know, once he was with Al, he started watching sports. So was it, was it that, or was he not on the diet anymore? No, I, I think you're right. Because then he also goes, Al, you're going to get me in trouble again. I think you're right, Justin. I think he just mindlessly reverts back to that primitive side. As soon as he was <laughs> around Al. <laughs> And Al has that effect on people. Oh, no. You know what? I think Marcy was saying that somebody else has sex four times a week because then she says that they have sex every 36 hours. Oh, yeah. That couple that had been together for like 47 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah an old couple. She's like, they still fool around four times a week. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't eat sandwiches four times a week. Why would you <laughs> have sex that much? Yeah, I I probably used to. I probably did it four times a week uh, for the most part through the beginning of my relationship with my wife. But yeah, that that does not really last. I mean, neither one of you are really up for it. And maybe it is because I'm eating Andy Capp's hot fries. Or because you're podcasting. Yeah, too, yeah I should be upstairs right now. <laughs> but I'm here uh, doing this, <laughs> reliving this uh, these amazing episodes. So, Alex, you're, you're into sports. Yeah. Um... You follow uh, the same sports team, right? Yeah, as Al Bundy, yeah. Have you ever thought about cheating on that sports team? What do you mean? I mean, if guys can pay attention to the same sports team for their whole life, <laughs> they can pay attention to, their sa- to the same woman their whole life. But I got to ask, Alex, you're, you're, you're into sports. You're into this. Have you ever thought about cheating on your sports team? And maybe, I don't know, something simple as, you know, buying another jersey? No, the only thing I do is I have a side chick. My other favorite team is the New York Giants. So, basically, when the Bears absolutely suck like they do right now. And every year. Well, every year since 2000. <laughs> so I guess the last nine years. Oh, ten years. Wait, what year is this? So, when that happens, yeah, I, I guess I cheap but i sort of always had a soft spot for the giants since i do live here i do watch them as my side team so yeah i guess i do interesting see so, so is this show the reason that you're a bears fan uh you know it's funny dan chase just asked me that on his show cut to the chase a couple weeks ago uh it, it is not entirely out of the question that um, Al Bundy and this show might be the reason I like them. But there's probably a lot of reasons. I grew up in the 80s. That the Bears are all he really heard about. And the Giants, uh, yeah, they were cool. But um, I really didn't, I guess the look of them or something just didn't appeal to me. And then when I got into sports, uh, the Bears have always surrounded me, whether 
it was because I watched Roseanne and he was a Bears fan. I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and they talk about the Bears. I watch Home Alone and there's bear stuff there. I like Wayne's World and there's bears flags on the on the stairs because it's in Aurora, Illinois, Chicago. Like everything that I'm into somehow has the bears. Or even like... Uh, Oh yeah, even like Griswold's Christmas Vacation, Clark's wearing a bear's hat the whole time. In A Christmas Story with the BB gun, they're talking about the bears playing Green Bay. So it was like kind of unavoidable. So I think it was almost like a natural thing, like, well, I really like football. Uh, who am I going to follow? And it, it, it was almost instantaneous. I didn't think about it for a second. You were just like, duh, bears. Yeah, it, it was almost like that's Bears equal football. Football equals Bears. It, it just didn't even occur to me. Like, let's see what team. I, uh, the Dolphins are cool, right? I like that little fish. I like Ace Ventura. <laughs> see, I, uh, I, I'm not into sports. I'm just not. I find nothing appealing about it. But I got tired of people always going, hey, what team are you into? So I was just I was just like, you know what? I'm going to pick a team, and I'm a big uh, Edgar Allan Poe fan. So I was just like, I'm going for the Ravens. Oh, yeah. and, and then I asked my dad, my dad, like his whole basement is a bar and the whole ceiling is covered in uh, jerseys. Okay. So he's just got boxes of boxes of extra jerseys. And I was like, hey, I need a, I need a Ravens, Ravens. jersey. So he gave me a jersey. He was he's like, like, here, this guy killed a few people, but you might want to wear this. Well, no, he goes, he goes, here, this guy got stabbed by his girlfriend. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Are you trying to say something? Yeah. Well. I actually have a Bears jersey, and I made it. the The name is Bundy, and the number is thirty three. <laughs> so I actually eventually did realize what I'm, you know, that I'm into the same team as him. And it it struck me maybe after I was into the Bears, I went to watch Married Children, and then all of a sudden he talked about it or something. I was like, oh wow, damn, yeah, I forgot about that. Then I found out he eventually played for the Bears in an episode. So it was all it all came together really nice. So yeah, it's really weird. I can't believe you let your husband watch this mindless exploitation of women. It's not mindless. Come on, Marcy. You want coffee and cake? Sure. Good. Did you bring cake? Uh, no. Well, we'll use ours. <laughs> hey, Al, doesn't it uh, bother you to watch this kind of smut in front of your wife? Yeah. <laughs> you know what we learned last Tuesday in Marcy's women's club meeting? I don't care. <laughs> Look, Steve, you can't honestly tell me you don't enjoy watching this. I mean... Look at that leg draped over that flotation device. You don't find that pleasurable? I used to love smut. <laughs> oh, wait a second, Al. We went through this before. You got me in a lot of trouble. Damn it, Steve, we're men. It's our God-given right to watch sports and smut. <laughs> since when do we have to apologize for that? I think since the 70s. So, back to Patsy and Stewardess in training... <laughs> that was oh oh we cannot skip over the vibrator reference uh that's probably my favorite line in the episode <laughs> it, it, 1987 i couldn't uh, believe it. national tv there is a vibrator reference that and when you go back and watch these shows because there this happens with me with roseanne a lot too uh you'll notice a lot of adult humor that you may have never caught as a kid and I feel like I'm going to catch a lot in this show. 
And in that one, when when Marcy's like, "What if I told you I had the answer to all your problems?" and she and Peggy's just like, "Well, I bought one of those. It wasn't the same." <laughs> I died. Yeah, I was. I, you know, I started thinking, you know, because I wasn't born yet, obviously. But 1987, what shows were on at the time? What sitcoms was? Was this going up against? And was there anything that was was doing that at the time, like dropping vibrator jokes? No, because it was all Cosby and Fresh Prince. There was no, like, you didn't have, like, if you had sexual references, it was more along, like, like in Fresh Prince, it's just the teenagers being like, oh, she's fine. Like, you didn't have, like, (laughs) adult humor, like, talking about, like, girls hooters and stuff. There was no active sex life in a lot of these adults in the show. It was all like just a flirtation of the of the teenagers. So that was a big thing that this show did differently. It showed an active sex life with the adults. Yeah, it broke ground. Because after this show, I'm sure I, I know for a fact we we especially with today's stuff. But I, I mean, even throughout the '90s, there was a little bit more sexual references. Uh, and maybe this shows to credit for that. Oh yeah, it's just like Howard Stern's to credit for where everything went with radio, and he's kind of he might be to credit where this show went in a way because him putting that out there on the airwaves kind of maybe gave the two writers that we mentioned in the first episode maybe it gave them like well hey man I mean this stuff is uh, it's all starting to slowly fester up and you know it's 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 coming I mean why not. Let's take that type of uh, spirit into a TV show, a sitcom, and see see if we can get away with the same stuff. And they did. Yeah, this show paved the way for a new age of sitcoms, 100%. Yep. Yep, it was the first time it was ever done on television as opposed to radio. Now, don't you think those girls are a little skinny? You know, shouldn't a woman have some meat on her bones? You have to have something to grab onto. I don't know, Peg. A lot of guys have been grabbing that one, and nobody's missed yet. <laughs> They're up in their room, and you actually get to see like what breaks the 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 bank for Peggy deciding she's going to do this diet because she clearly is trying to get laid that night. She put on her her uh, nightgown, nightgown, blue collar, scarlet witch outfits. <laughs> and was trying trying to get something, and he blew her off completely. Doesn't even look up, marches right into the master bathroom, and that's it. Yeah, so that, but that I, scores a point for him, right? Uh, yes. See? Bam! <laughs> point awarded, w- awarded because he skipped it right then and there. And on top of that, I now know why, after watching this scene and analyzing it, why he doesn't want to have sex. Why is that? Because she has a creepy-ass clown picture next to her vanity. Really? Next, next time you watch it and they show her vanity really? between the vanity and the bathroom on those pictures, there's this really sad-looking clown boy that is really creepy, <laughs> and I, I, it's giving me nightmares. I almost didn't show up to this. I, I wasn't going to come out to the Jiggly Lounge tonight. I was going to go to a therapist like it's really creepy and if i had to live with that i'm I'm not touching you either yeah man i'm getting turned on just hearing about it (laughs) we have a polar opposite of uh reaction to that one but yeah but yeah but so because of this she goes i'm not going to be ignored anymore 
and she wakes up in the morning tossing that salad. Oh, God. You know, Jerry, we are two episodes in. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, that prompts Peggy to uh, do this whole thing with salad. Al wants uh, some dead thing on a rope or whatever he says. So uh, he sits down. It's salad. And then she says, uh, you know, it is to promote energy and this and that. So Al goes, this is the best. He's like, wow, I'm feeling a burst of energy. Come on right now. Because he, he like, he bit a piece of red cabbage or red <laughs> lettuce or whatever that was. And then he gets up and then dumps his plate in the garbage. And, he, and then she goes, Al, would you please not in front of the kids? He says, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, grabs their plates and dumps it out. And it's just like, <laughs> but even before that, Kelly's like, Wow, Dad, there's a lot better than those the pie we usually have, huh? Because I think Peg said what they're going to have for dessert, which is like more vegetables. Oh, a granola bar. Yeah, granola bar, yeah. <laughs> so so now look at that. They eat pie. Like, this is still crazy when you look at the future episodes. So maybe they just stopped. Maybe she just gave up on cooking or something. I don't know. It, it didn't I, even look like a good salad either. It wasn't like fancy or anything. It was like a pile of lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he act, when she actually set his plate down, lettuce fell off the plate. <laughs> it did. It onto did. the floor. And then he just looks at her and just goes, what did I do wrong? Like, he just automatically <laughs> what, what is it? What I do? <laughs> yeah. What I do this time? So then Al says he wants some form of dead animal on his plate, and he wants it to be succulent. Because <laughs> he's watching the TV show or the cooking channel, C- C- Clyde the Cajun Cooking Channel or something. <laughs> the next day, uh, you know, they basically fight over this, and Al puts his foot down. He's not doing this diet. Peg is so into this to the point where she threw all of Al's food out, which is a bunch of meat. Which, if you're a shoe salesman, that's going to piss you off. <laughs> That's like two months' salary right there. <laughs> so she threw out all of his meats. The next day, they wake up. Everyone's eating crap. They're actually pouring mounds of sugar on it. And then Peg is eating this carrot with water, trying to sell that. And she's miserable. You know, this carrot is delicious. Did you know that carrots have a natural sweetness? It's much better than what you're eating. <laughs> And this water here, it comes from a natural spring. It is the perfect complement to the natural sweetness of this carrot. I guess that's why I feel so good. <laughs> what do you kids want for supper? Pizza. Meatballs. I'm having grapefruit. With water. Natural spring water. Get out. <laughs> It was so good. And then then we go to the shoe store. Right. Okay. Can can we just talk about Luke for a second? I I'll I'll do an entire episode on Luke. Can, can, this dude. Hey. Al. Hey. Al. Let me ask you a question. If you came home at night and found your wife in bed with another guy, would you get mad? I'd kill him. Oh. So I guess this guy didn't overreact. <laughs> Which, at first, I was like, man, I thought you would be happy someone finally took the job off your hands. <laughs> hey, yeah, right? But then the manly part kicked in, and I was like, oh, well, no, that's still your territory. That's still your turf. Right. And then they, they go into, uh, he's talking about this diet, and then Luke goes, You look a little peaking out, babe. 
All night romp with a little lady? More or less. She's been yelling at me since one o'clock this morning. And she's on some stupid diet. I guess it makes them moody. Well, I can't sympathize. There's a shock. <laughs> yep. You see, I can eat whatever I want and never gain a pound. My body's great. I can abuse it and it keeps coming back for more. <laughs> hey, you know what else is great about me? Shut up. <laughs> this dude is like Patrick Bateman if Patrick Bateman had failed <laughs> in life. Like, uh, Yeah, and Luke is older now. I'm surprised that his body is still that resilient. You can see the comb over in his hair. <laughs> yeah, but I started, I don't know about you guys, did you start gaining weight at any age? I was like, uh, I was like 30, I'll say three or four when I started gaining weight and I realized I can't drink all I want, I can't eat all I want. I, I, Luke looks like he's like 40 years old and he's still... He could do anything, and his body keeps coming back for more. Yeah, you hear that, Justin? At 33, we're going to lose it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, honestly, I gained a lot of weight, like, um, I'd probably say, like, two years out of high school when I just stopped doing things. I just just spent a lot. Yeah, I wasn't working or anything, and I was just hanging out a lot, and I I gained a decent amount of weight from being, you know, fit and athletic to to actually – you know, being chubby, and ever since then, it's it it gets put on, and I shed it shed it off, and gets put on. It's like it's like goes through the seasons. I can, I can oh, lose so and gain weight pretty fast. So you're like the male Oprah, then. Yeah, pretty much. Peggy loves you, then. Yeah, I'm like a <laughs> I'm like a beanpole. I've always just been tall and skinny. Like I have no muscle. Like you look at my arm when I have it extended. The thickest part of my arm is my elbow. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I when I just changed jobs recently, my like my job became a lot more labor intensive, and I'm just like, you know, I wanted to work out, and now I'm not gonna have to. It'll just take a little bit longer, but I'll get there. You know, oddly enough, I'm sort of on a thinnergy diet right now. I am now 37 years old, and uh, you know, my metabolism isn't what it used to be. So I began to gain weight, not crazy. I'm 5'9", I was 185. That's not crazy, but I got the chubby cheeks going, the, the distended stomach. I look like an Ethiopian at this point. And it's like, okay, something has to stop. Now you're not looking like you used to look. So I decided to, to actually look at what I'm eating. And there's a great app on your phone you can get for free. It's called Lose It. And it basically, it tells you, you put in how tall you are, what your target weight is, which you can look up anywhere, what your target weight should be, and then how fast you want to get there. And you could go slow, medium, or fast. So then it tells you, okay, you'll hit it on this date if you eat these many calories a day. I've done that, and I lost like 24 pounds in in two and a half months. And it's working great. And the other thing is I stopped eating lunch out every time I'm working because I work outdoors. And I literally, it's like $11 a day. You get your morning thing and then you get a lunch. You can go from 11 to $12 every single day. So you don't eat anything or you just bring something? In the morning, I just eat one banana and then I bring, I buy a package of chicken and I cook the whole thing or most of it for the week and I just bring four ounces of chicken and three teaspoons of rice and I eat that for lunch every day. Hmm, maybe I should try that. Oh, dude, it's like free. Yeah, you could easily get through the day with a banana, do this chicken thing, and you could have a little bit of barbecue sauce. I won't hurt anything. Then when you get home, you could have 10 ounces of chicken, 
a potato, and you could have vegetables, and then you're still going to be under. My thing is 1,400 calories. I can only have 1,400 every day because of my height and weight. And and you could do this every day, and the weight you won't believe how quickly you lose weight. It's crazy. It's like it's like it's right in front of you. The answers to all your problems, your weight and your money, and you can get done with both of them just by stop eating crap and just cook at home. I have I have my own plan. I don't have to kick it in yet because I'm not quite there. Um, but uh, my plan, so I don't have to worry about this, is to just kill myself at forty. Okay. What about when you look like crap through your 30s, though? Well, I'm not going to look like crap during my 30s. I'm not you. <laughs> well, I figured I have the same metabolism as any other uh, blue-collar guy. <laughs> oh, I don't wear collars. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Just tank tops, huh? Uh, You know, mostly. So, Al... Uh, oh, no, wait. Let's not skip over this. So, hot girl number two walks into the shoe store... Can someone help me, please? Yes, miss. The modeling agency's a few doors down. Oh, no. I, I'm not a model. I just need shoes. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> she comes in. Do you guys think she's hot, by the way? Uh, Yeah, you know what? There's a different kind of hotness when you go back and watch, like, the 80s, stuff yeah. from the 80s and the 70s. She's like, 80s hot. She is 80s hot, but like if I look at you and I go blonde, you look like you do cocaine. Yeah, that's gonna be a good time. <laughs> but like uh, for a lot of times, it's the hair is the first thing I notice because they're going crazy. Like I can't remember was this over the last episode, but Marcy's hair had bangs and swooping to the side. You're not supposed to have both. That's yeah. that's against the laws of physics. That's not supposed to happen. Marcy's hair goes through a, a total evolution, dude. It is. It is someone trying to look, seeking a, a look that is presentable. I mean, I, I don't even know what's going on with Marcy's hair. But uh, so this girl comes in and Luke already set up a chair so that when girls sit down, they, they lean so far back that he can look up their skirts, basically. Oh, I didn't even get that. Damn it. I was like, what the hell is he doing that with the chair for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, hi. Uh, listen, uh, I haven't got much time. I'm on my break. Do you remember that movie we were watching the other night? Patsy, Portrait of a Stewardess in Training. Thank you. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> I gotta ask you a question. Uh, look, Al, I've only got five more minutes on my break. I gotta get to the tape store. This will only take a second. Your wife gave my wife a book. Now my life is hell. Aha. Uh-huh. Thinergy. Yeah, that's the one. Does Marcy hate me that much? Well, yes, Al, she does. Uh, but that's not why she gave Peggy the book. It was to help you guys. And you are looking thinner. I'm not on the stupid diet. Ooh, Al, you have to. She can't go through this alone. She needs support. Your support, big guy. If you were to try this diet for even one week, you would show her that you care. Then if you were both on it, you could both go off it together. Together is the key word, Al. So all I got to do is starve and be miserable for a week. Then my life will go back to the normal hell it always was. I firmly believe that, Al. Uh, so, Steve, and that might be to answer your question. You wonder about Steve not eating the right way. Uh, maybe Steve did it so that you can get off together, Al. Together is the key. So maybe he was able to get Marcy off of it. 
so no, but this it's, scene is Morris the next is day. Alive, I think, right? Yeah, because this scene is the next day, and it made me go, but wait, he was eating potato chips the day earlier next to Al. So at that point, they're still on the diet, and oh. I think Steve's just working his way to the same goal and just hasn't fully accomplished it yet, but he's still like, sure, it's going to happen. And I think I think Justin's right. He just gets around Al, and he loses uh, the composure. Like, Al has a an anti-feminism uh, anti uh, shield up, and it just deflects it right off Steve. So basically, Al is basically convinced that maybe he should try it. See, today's woman is strong, but now and then even she needs a little assurance. Hey, guys, come here a second. Sandy's on her way to a job interview. She's a little self-conscious. Can you tell she's not wearing a bra? <laughs> and then they all just like look like with laser eyesight uh, they all take a they all take a step forward <laughs> and they're like no no fine which is also another thing that was like wow like this was on you know tv like at this time <laughs> amazing dude well i i guess by this time like the whole no bra from the 70s things had taken its course so i guess it was probably a bit more okay to say but still this is tv this is not like in a theater right yeah exactly absolutely yeah. uh one weird uh thing that doesn't make any sense earlier in the episode peg says that uh bud has a show and tell so if there's a can of beer missing and you can't find the remote control um that's where it is but we see peg using the remote control during the day well I, I I saw this too, and I was just like, she didn't say he took it. She said, if you don't see, like, I think she was making a Another joke and people jab. took it as, because is she, is he really going to take beer to school? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was literal. I think it was like just a diss. <laughs> you know what? I should really edit that out because that wasn't even my observation. It was on IMDb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave it in. What do I care? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look like an ass. That's fine. <laughs> but, but like this is a problem sometimes because I saw this on IMDb and because I, I, had, I saw two things on IMDb and I actually saw the other one I got in my mind well before then. It was like my first – one of my first things I noticed uh, at the end of my first watch of the show, and I'll bring that up when it comes. But like, no, like this was someone was like, uh, they messed up because uh, she said he took it and she used it. No, you idiot. she was making a joke. You have to like know, like who, what kid is just taking beer to school for show yeah, and tell? You know tell? what? As I was actually, I swear to God, I'm not lying. As I was re like saying that out loud, I said, that's ridiculous. She was joking. <laughs> And then I was like, well, maybe it'll be good for the show. So <laughs> let me just leave it in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Al goes ahead and does this diet two days and ten fights later, and they're not even at Radish Day yet. We get the whole thing where uh, they're sitting there miserable eating this th uh, Thinergy diet, and and uh, Al goes, would you like some more kale, honey? She's like, did I ask for more kale? Then she says, would they just look miserable. Yeah. Would you like some broccoli? And then he says, did I ask for more broccoli? And they're just miserable. And it, and the best part is – and it's a very subtle joke and it only lasts enough seconds to make it funny. She says, you know, Al, the book said that when you, you're miserable and all this kind of stuff, uh, you should share a nice memory. 
So they just both have this blank stare on their face, meaning there are no nice memories in their life. And that's, it's an amazing joke, which ends really quick because Al finally comes up with one. And um, he just talks about being on the beach at a sunset walk. And that's it. That's really all they got. Yeah, like it was it was great because it especially nowadays we live on nostalgia because nostalgia is now at your fingertips. But this goes to show that unless that nostalgia is a physical item, if it's just a, a memory, sometimes bringing it back is just going to remind you of a time you're not getting back. And you can see it in their face when they go, oh, we're never getting that back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. After they talked about it, they realized it's not going to... Then they looked at their food again. Like, this is this is my reality now. And uh, I also want to point out, uh, Bud, you're slick. Once again, Bud says you should go... He tells Kelly to go talk some sense into him, <laughs> knowing <laughs> that this is not going to work. And before she can get, like, three words out, they ground her, ground and, he, and Bud's just like, well... <laughs> I'm going to go out. I'll be at Joey's house. <laughs> but it's funny because they ground her and she takes it seriously and then goes upstairs and, and is grounded. I was like, damn, man, that's a well-lit, you know, taught kid. <laughs> Down the line with this show, they'll eventually say they're grounded and they go, okay. They grab their jackets and walk out the front door. <laughs> so it's weird, like, how it all evolves. After these messages... No, honey, you've had too many already. Then I hate you, and I'm running away forever. Bonnie did run away into the path of a speeding truck. The moral is, have us scrape one off the grill so you don't have to scrape one off the street. Buddy, 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 burgers made with love. And lard! <laughs> They're upstairs, of course, they're still miserable because of this diet thing, and they decide to have the battle of the who can irritate the other person the most. Peg is singing, like, I am woman, hear me roar, blah, 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 and Al's cutting his nails, and they're doing this going back and forth, and they're just miserable. Can you sing that back to us again? I didn't catch that. What What was the uh, song? Can I am you woman, sing that hear me roar. I'm not singing, no. Oh. I don't, I don't know why I gave you any hint of melody in that. I, I really should think before I say anything. <laughs> so quickly uh the episode wraps up right after this and al says i think i know what you need something you've been needing for a long time now so peg thinks wow this synergy diet's really working i'm actually gonna get <laughs> sex from this <laughs> so al says you know just close your eyes she sprays the bed with perfume and jerry you could take it because i know you want to say your thing she finds a sock, which is a joke from the first episode. It's something they clearly show. She throws it, and it never comes back down. And when I, the first time I watched this, before I took any notes, I saw that, and I was like, wait a second. Rewound it, hit play, and I was like, that sock never went anywhere. <laughs> it just it just disappeared. I'm like, I bet she threw it over, like, the stage walls. <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, they were like, well... I didn't notice that. <laughs> and I didn't either. <laughs> so um, she thinks she's getting sex. She gets all ready, much like she did earlier in the episode. Al comes upstairs, says, close your eyes, and p 
puts something in her mouth. A donut. <laughs> okay, what it looked like a, a really big Twinkie to me. Yeah, I, and, could, I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> and I was just like, when I, I was like, really, guys, you chose a Twinkie. What are you trying to say uh, here? Well, I thought it was a Boston cream, but it seemed like the shape of a crawler in a way. Uh, dude, I love Boston cream pies. I I'm found... not up on my donut knowledge. <laughs> Bro, there's a brand called Tasty Cakes, and they uh, put out a Boston cream pie honey bun. Oh, yeah. man, I'll take that over sex any day. Mm. I, I would, oh, I'm an owl guy on that one. Wow. Well, so um, she said she went on the diet because he doesn't find her attractive anymore. And it's weird because in the beginning of the episode, Marcy convinces her to go on the diet to give Al more energy because he will go to bed with energy. So it is almost a plot hole. It's almost like the whole motivation is null and void. How are you're not dieting to look better, Peg? You were you were dieting so Al would diet and then have more energy. Not exactly a plot. I don't see it as a plot hole because the end goal for Peggy was to get laid. Like, so it, it could have been a diet, combination of both instead of an either or situation. Yeah, because she like thought that dieting to look thinner, like the girl in uh, the Patsy uh, portrait of a serial killer, I meant portrait of a <laughs> stewardess, uh, would make her look better to Al. Like, it was definitely about, because even the conversation her and Marcy had, she talks about him not looking at her like a piece right. of meat. So she thought, well, maybe he's into thin girls, so if I got thinner, he would be more attractive to me. He would want to have sex with me. The end goal was to have sex. Whether it was to make her look better or give him more energy, those were two two swords that were going to get to the same place. So I don't yeah. know if I'd call that a plot hole as much as it's her inconsistent wanna, wording. Yeah, she don't, I guess she didn't want to directly – maybe I'm giving her too much credit, but she didn't want to directly say, I was trying to give you more energy so you would make love to me. Instead, she was like, well, I wanted to be more attractive for you. Yeah, it's weird. The book is weird. It's, it's like a half and half, him and her, thin her energy. So he – should have got the energy and she should have got thinner and at, like you said at the end she would have got to the same goal al proceeds to tell her why i don't want to have sex with you now the only answer i really got out of this is because you're my wife and then she says uh you know she has some reaction and then he goes no no let me tell you what i mean and i really don't get what he means except unless he's saying um it starts talking about his baseball glove, and he said the 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 it's old and the web is loose, but it's special to me. Now, is he saying that she is busted now, but she's special to him? That's why he loves her, like he loved his glove. But basically, he's telling her, "You are no longer attractive. Your webbing is loose." You know, nah, nah, nah. and. Uh, <laughs> But I love you. I just don't want to have sex with you. I I got two different things out of this whole conversation. Uh, one of them was the glove. Okay, so he talks about the glove with such fondness, and he's like, and he brings out the point that I need to bring that glove back out and play, you know, and, and play catch with Bud. 
And it was almost like him saying, like, you're always here for me. I know you're not going anywhere. You're always there. And I, this is me admitting I kind of take you for advantage because I ignore you. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. Look at this glove. I don't play with this glove, even though it's old and I've had it forever, but I still love it. Then he goes into this weird tangent about how gloves are too big nowadays, and he wants a small glove, and he talks about a guy named Willie who had a small glove, and he always hit where he was. And it was almost like he was also saying, I have an insecurity about me and my small glove. You know, your glove glove might be a little loose on the webbings, but my glove is kind of small. Like it was also, it might, it almost felt like he was trying to say like, look, this is my, like, this is something wrong with me also. Or he could have just been talking about baseball. I don't know. Sometimes he just talks about sports. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes he just talks about sports and I don't know if there's a deeper meaning to this or not. Yeah, but I'm with you guys both. Like, I I felt like it was very ambiguous with the whole conversation. And I was like, well, maybe he means this. Well, no, that seems a little harsh. But, like, maybe he means it this way. It, it, it is, like, a little just like, I don't know. I really don't. Well, to wrap it up, do you think Al won again? Did he escape sex with Peg? Or do you think that that eventually ended up with sex that night? Uh, they had sex. Um, now the question is: is if they if he dodges sex and then has sex in the same episode, but it's not the same day, do they both get a point, or are we only allowed to give one point per episode? Well, it's a wash, I guess. I, they both get one. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, so. I think so. I think so too. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. There you can send them audio clips telling them what you think of the show or you can send in a clip talking about a future episode they will be reviewing. Any clips you send may be played on a future show. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. So how many pieces of kale are we going to give this episode, Justin, out of five? This episode uh, had 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 great, great moments in it, especially like a lot of the like sexual innuendos like th- that stuff is hilarious to me. And uh, the shoe store stuff um, it, it, to me, I, I like this episode a little bit more than the pilot. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give it four and a half out of five pieces of kale. Nice. Did you bite the one kale in half or did you just rip it apart because you don't want to eat it? <laughs> Uh, I just ripped it apart because I didn't want to eat it. Oh, he, I was just curious. Did he ask for more kale, Jerry? <laughs> so, Jerry, how many kales do you give this? So, I actually give it a three out of five kale. To me, it was very, very uh, kind of standard for them. It wasn't bad. It was good. But the only thing it really set up was the sex thing, which does be get funnier and go on. But it was also kind of confusing how it went about it. 
So I, I just got to give it a three out of five. Um, and a lot of that is the effect of how good the first episode was and coming off that directly into this. I, I, I three out of five. Yeah, I give this uh, four out of five pieces of kale. Um, I, <clears throat> I really enjoy this episode a lot. It's one of the ones that when I see the title on my menu, I always, I always watch it. Uh, I never shy away from it. I, I really love the interaction again with this whole Steve and Marcy dynamic. I really love that Steve and Al seem like old buddies, like almost instantly, like him going into the shoe store. How does he even know he works there? And then he's like, Al, what was that video? Okay. I got to head to the video store. Like it's a very cool camaraderie that, that is almost taking a life of its own. Al doesn't treat him like, well, I really don't even know who you are. I mean, I know we met once or, you know, they, they seem to have some kind of rapport already. And I really like that in these early stages. Al and Steve could have gotten to that point in a month. Easy. You know, yeah. just, just, yeah, the for rapport, sure. just the rapport. Yeah. You know, it's a, and like, uh, the only thing that does throw it off is, is that Steve said, Al, you, you did this to me last time or whatever. You got me in trouble last time. So it almost seems like this is the second time that he's seeing him. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. It's, mm. Maybe he's just saying, once you tried getting something in my head one other time and you got me in trouble. But maybe Al didn't do that to him like three or four times in between. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know so. Maybe we're reading too much into it, kind of like I read too much into a baseball glove. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's a metaphor for life, buddy. Well, you know what else it is? Last call. Ah, uh, do we already? Man, it, it, it is a great time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's time for the last call, gentlemen. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna go hit the bathroom. That's one of my favorite things to do. So I'm gonna go ahead. Where's my newspaper? Here we go. Thank you. All right, guys. I'll uh, I'll see you after. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a date with uh, this candy girl who uh, I met at the shoe store the other day. So we'll see how that goes. Lucky bastard. Thank you.